0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Jason Vanderveer here with you. So glad you decided to tune in. Got a great program for you lined up for the next hour. Going to be taking your calls, questions, and comments about the Bible and about Christianity. Maybe you have a question uh, about a specific Bible passage that you just haven't gotten around to asking uh, or haven't had the opportunity to ask. That's a big part of what this program uh, has been designed to do. And so we'd love to have you give us a call here. 303. Six nine zero three thousand that's the number if you want to join us on the air uh, if you're listening in Colorado uh, or in Wyoming uh, or if you're listening in Maryland, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania, we welcome all of you so glad you decided to tune in to Calvary Live uh, all our listeners on grace f m and hope f m on the East Coast. If you prefer to text your question, uh you can do so at seven two zero three three six zero eight so you can call us 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897 but as i said if you have a question about the bible about christianity maybe you have a you heard in the intro there a, a prophecy related question uh, maybe you have an apologetics or a cults or current events question or maybe you just need some prayer uh, we're available and here to do that and uh, we'd love to hear from you again 303-690 Three I'm Jason Vandever. I'm the pastor, Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, and you can get more information about our fellowship at calvarychapelparker.com. And let's go to Dustin. Uh, Dustin in Baltimore, Maryland. Dustin, welcome to the program.
4: Hello, Pastor. How's everything?
0: It's going well. How are you doing?
4: No, oh, not too bad. It's, it's a little chilly out, but other than <laughs> that, it, it's a blessed day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the sun just started coming out here, so uh, you gotta. Uh, maybe you'll get it tomorrow where you're at. <laughs> no, it's going to be even colder tomorrow. <laughs> Eesh, all right. Well, stay warm. Hey, what's uh, on your mind today?
4: Um, I was just wondering, when uh, Christ, from the beginning, when He sat on His throne, uh, before He came to earth, did he always have nail prints in his hand, or was that after, you know, the fact?
0: Well, so so it's very interesting when we talk about Christ before the Incarnation, uh, then when we talk about Christ after the Incarnation, and then also I I would kind of— uh, take your mind to after his resurrection and his ascension into heaven. So let's kind of take your question and I want to answer it, but I also want to expand upon that. I would suggest to you that, that Christ didn't have any kind of marks in his body, uh, prior to his suffering because he, he didn't necessarily possess that body. Well, he didn't possess that body until his incarnation. In other words, um, we know that he was eternally and is eternally the son of God. Uh, we see Jesus Christ appearing in the Old Testament, Uh, I would suggest to you that the appearances in the Old Testament of the angel of the Lord, clearly God uh, appearing, are none other than appearances of Jesus Christ. And we see those appearances stopping with the incarnation of Jesus Christ. But he doesn't possess the body that he possesses now until he is begotten, until he takes on an additional human nature. Right, So he's eternally God, and he, he's eternally the Son of God, uh, but then he takes on an additional human nature. That's when Jesus Christ receives a body, but that body has not been uh, subject to the crucifixion yet, so it clearly didn't possess any kind of marks of the scourging or the crown of thorns or the nail imprints in his hands and, and in his feet. Um, but what we do... Uh, uh, see, is that uh, after he appears in eternity in the Book of Revelation as the Lamb who was slain, and so I would suggest to you that that when we see Jesus Christ, while while he he won't be unrecognizable as he likely was at, at the crucifixion, just because of the treachery that was uh, that was uh, you know inflicted upon him, uh, there will still be evidence and reminder uh, to us as believers of what he experienced on the cross.
4: Yeah, I thought because he's from the beginning to the end, and he already knows what's going to happen from the beginning to the end, that it was automatically he had it, you know, as... Sure. You know, so that's what I thought. Um, One more question. Yeah. Um, Nebuchadnezzar. When he when he uh, was stricken down and was eating the grass of the field and became a beast, right. after he came out and he restored his kingdom, mm-hmm. and he praised God that He was the only God and true God, and then after that, he's no more talked about than Belshazzar, his uh, son, is reigned in his steed, but did, when he died, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, was he a Christian? Did he did he, did he he go to heaven, or...?
0: Yeah, well, I wouldn't say, so let's distinguish uh, between an Old Testament believer and, and between Christian, right? Um, so Christian, obviously, is a is a New Testament word and concept. Uh, I would suggest to you that he was saved... Right, a sa- I meant, I'm yeah. meant to be saved, I yeah, mean, in other yeah, words, to yeah. be he in heaven. Yep, yeah, exactly. In that sense, I would agree with you 100%. He he, I, he, when we look at at the the account of Nebuchadnezzar and what appears to be his his salvation and his transformation uh, I, I would suggest to you that in fact he he was saved that he did become a believer uh, that that uh, in, in a sense while you know as I pointed out he wasn't a Christian, he would have been understanding the gospel as an Old Testament believer understood it and looking forward and saved uh, by grace through. Faith. Faith, just as all Old Testament believers uh, are, and so uh, I, I believe that that uh, very likely, if if uh, if my understanding of the scripture on that is correct, that that uh, you'll see Nebuchadnezzar in the kingdom.
4: Yeah, what wasn't wasn't he like a giant almost?
0: Um in, in physically speaking, in terms of his height yeah. or Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I don't know anything about that. Uh, uh whether or not he you know, he was uh, like the descendants of the Anakim or something like that, or whether he was right, like the Philistine Goliath. Right. I, I don't know anything about his height, uh you know, uh, obviously uh uh I heard
4: in the documentary uh on Nebuchadnezzar with hmm. the ep, uh e- and whatnot mm-hmm. that he was he was around ten or twelve foot tall. Oh because, well, that... and and the walls were they? Um, uh, I mean, the hieroglyphs and everything like that <laughs> into the stone wall. He's he's got a lion in his in his arm. He's holding it like it's a, like a little kitten.
0: Yeah, and and I would suggest to you that, that um, Goliath, if we look at Goliath, if I remember right, if you do the math on Goliath, he's about nine foot, nine inches tall. Uh, uh, you know, when you start getting beyond that, um, not that it's impossible, uh, but we don't find a lot of, um, uh, we don't find a lot of evidence. Uh, of uh, bones uh, of of individuals that that were that height, and what I would suggest to you is maybe some of those things. While while it's certainly possible, um, some of those things are kind of ancient propaganda, right? And so that was mm-hmm. that was kind, kind of their way of 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 building up their leaders, their kingdom, uh, not only at the time but uh, for posterity's sake. Right, right. Yeah, but okay, it's possible. Well, you I answered
4: my question very good. Thank you very much, Pastor. Y- you have y- a blessed day.
0: You bet you as well. I'll have to uh, check into that because I'm interested, Dustin, in, uh, in, in that uh, on Nebuchadnezzar. I'd never heard that before as far as his height. God bless you, man. Hey, let's go to Michael in Denver. Michael, welcome to the program. Hey, Michael, can you hear me? Michael, are you there? We might have lost Michael. We'll come back around if we still have Michael. Let's go to Miguel in Longmont. Miguel, welcome to the program.
4: Hey, how's
0: it going? It's going well. How are you? Good, good.
4: Hey, um, so I had a question for you. Yep. Uh, so, does when you're committing a sin, is God with you while you're committing sin, or does he like
0: leave
1: and come back, or how does
0: that? Well, I, I think um, first of all, let's talk about uh, what the Bible says about sin and 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 what sin. Um, does spiritually between an individual and God and then um, we can get into the practical side of it as to whether or not you know God is there and and so forth but um, I, on that question I always kind of think of Isaiah um, where Isaiah says in the 59th chapter he says your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will uh, not hear and so uh, we have a, we understand from scripture that that Sin kind of builds this, this wall uh, between individuals uh, and God. And, and we see that uh, kind of extended out in Jesus Christ on the cross, where he cries out, Ilo, Ilo, lama sabachthani, You know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that while Jesus uh, was bearing the sins of all of us and mankind on the cross— he experienced that separation for us uh, that Isaiah talks about in, in, in chapter 59. However, practically speaking, God is everywhere. Uh, you know, God, God is, is uh, omnipresent. And so, while I would suggest to you that God, in His holiness, uh, doesn't have any kind of fellowship, any kind of communion uh, with us uh, in in sin, uh, that God is there, and 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 the Bible speaks of uh, of God seeing, uh, you know, everything that we do, He He sees. And so, uh, I would suggest to you, it's not as though God. Um, you know, mysteriously disappears uh, when we sin, that he's there, but that there is a spiritual separation between us while he he still sees and knows what we're doing. Uh, there is a disconnect between man and God in those times.
1: Okay, so, so he, would, he wouldn't bless
0: you the same way? Say that again. Um, so so uh, uh, you said something about God blessing us, but I couldn't quite hear it all.
4: Um, would he still bless you in the same way, or is well, it just well, different? See, you
1: just lose connection with him.
0: Well, see, that's <laughs> the that's the beauty of God. It is is that when you're a believer, uh, even though you you sin, um, you don't lose your relationship with God. In other words, your, your life is not, you know, like a theological yo-yo, and, and one day you're up because, you know, or not even one day, but one moment you're up because, you know, you're doing things right, and then the next moment, you know, you, you, you uh, behave inappropriately, or you lose your temper, or you, you lie, or, 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 you know, you have some inappropriate thought or whatever, and then suddenly you're out of fellowship with God. It, it's, it's not like that. Um, you know, God sees those things. We confess them. But really the separation that is experienced is, is really in the life of the individual who, who practices these things. There, there's a very key, key understanding uh, in the New Testament. It talks about, uh, you know, in Galatians uh, 5 and elsewhere, it talks about those who are, are, are practicing a lifestyle of sin. And the reality is is that they have no relationship with God and that they're separated because they're living in a lifestyle of sin. But the believer, John covers that in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. He says, if we, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. So the believer's not out of fellowship with God, but he, he does need to go or she does need to go before God, confess their sin and allow God to cleanse them of their sin. Okay, okay. Awesome. Yeah, so it's, it, it depends. You know, the, the, the separation that we're talking about is is primarily directed toward unbelievers uh, or what I call make-believers who are, are living a life of willful rebellion against God. Um, as a believer, uh, you know, there, there are things, you, you know, your prayers can be hindered because of sin. You're not out of fellowship with God, um, but there, there, there are things in your life and in your relationship with God that the Spirit of God can be quenched uh, by you, and so that's why it's important for us to then go before God and to confess and 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 to to deal with those things before God and to get back on track.
1: Okay, awesome. All right,
0: thank you. You bet. Hey, appreciate the call, uh, Miguel, and uh, God bless you. Hey, folks, you're listening to Calvary Live. Jason Vandiver with you. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. If you want to join me on the air, do we have uh, do we have Michael back? Michael from Denver. I don't- did we uh i think we lost michael so we're just going to pass over that michael if you're listening give us a call back love to hear from you and uh and get you on the air let's go to rita in aurora rita welcome to the program hi That's how are you
1: Jason. um i have a question on matthew 31 and 32 it's uh matthew 5 okay chapter 5 31 32 it says whoever um sends his wife away Let him give her a certificate of divorce. Mm -hmm. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity, makes her uh, commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Mm -hmm. Does that go for men, too?
0: Yeah, exactly. It it works both ways. And so in in Matthew 5 and in Matthew 19, and um, Jesus is dealing with with the subject uh, specifically, um, you know, in Matthew 19, he's asked... Uh, by the, the Pharisees about the, the passage in Deuteronomy uh, where they were to write a certificate of divorce and, and right. send, send their wife away. And, and he points out that, that Moses allowed that because of hardness of hearts. But then he takes them back to Genesis and Adam and Eve, and he says, but from the beginning it was not so. Um, he points out, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then he says, what "...what God has brought together, let not man separate." So in other words, right. he, he comes back to this idea uh, of, of divorce. Um, the passage—but then he gives the one caveat, which you mentioned, or, or the one exception, and that is, uh, that is uh, fornication, uh, adultery. Um, right. the, word, the word there, you may be familiar with it. It's, uh, it's the uh, Greek word pornea, uh, from mm-hmm. which uh, derives the word in, in English of pornography. And in, in that context, it's speaking of adultery.
1: Okay, so when Jesus speaks of that, it's mm-hmm. not just for women only, because no. it seems like why why doesn't he mention men, too? I
0: mean, what? you know... What? Well, again, we've got to go back to the culture, and so okay. um, he at that time he's not being questioned uh, on these things by women. You know, women didn't typically come up uh, in that culture and ask these questions, but the people that came up to him were the, the people like the Pharisees, and primarily okay. in, that, in that culture also, you know, women didn't, uh, except for the sake of, of Christianity and the Gospels— right. um, and, and by the way the the bible in the old testament uh was very much uh pro women uh not in a feminist sense but but judaism became something that that was um you know, in some ways, uh, sexist or chauvinistic, uh, you might say. But that's not the Bible, not even the Old Testament, and and certainly that's not the Gospel in the New Testament. But that was the culture in which we find these conversations, and so a lot of times we find them very male directed uh, or very male dominant because of either the people Jesus was talking to or or the culture it was being set in. But but we shouldn't conclude as as you correctly have not that that it that it only only applies uh, to women. The Jews often did, though. I, I will say this, they often kind of saw these things as, you know, that-, that doesn't apply to me because I'm a man. You know, I can right. write a woman a certificate of divorce and send her away for any reason, and Jesus says, no, you can't. And, you know, not not only are you causing her to commit adultery, uh, and but whoever marries her commits adultery, and the man would be committing adultery.
1: Okay, thank you, because I was I was wondering about that, and I thought, It should be for both of them. But anyway, thank you very much for answering
0: that for me. (laughs) You bet. I appreciate you calling, Rita. God bless you. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, folks, Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. 303-690-3000, that's the number. If you want to join me with your uh, question, comment, or prayer request, here and let's go to Mandy in Broomfield, Colorado. Mandy, welcome to welcome to the program.
5: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm doing really well.
5: Um, I was just calling cuz I was curious um, being pregnant, it's kind of the the thing to like encapsulate your placenta and mm-hmm. I was just curious what biblically, you know, would be said about doing that.
0: Um, help me understand this practice because I, I must confess my ignorance. I don't, I don't know, uh, don't understand.
5: Um, so what they'll do is they will dry the placenta and like grind it up and put it in capsules and then you can um, consume it. And it's, they've said it's supposed to help, you know, postpartum depression and a bunch of different stuff. So I was just kind of curious biblically
0: what um like is that yeah. considered cannibalism or like right kind of you know curious. <laughs> you know um i've i've heard of a lot of things and i i i confess i've i've you've just taught me something new uh <laughs> i don't know that i'll be doing that but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh uh my kids are all grown fortunately i don't have to make any kind of decisions such as that no um i don't know of any passage in the bible that uh, that would address that issue um you know uh uh um so and scientifically i i guess i would uh, you know it it's separate from uh, uh from the child and so you know um i don't know that there's you know anything spiritually uh it just seems uh, perhaps uh maybe a bit odd and 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 uh, and I, and i would wonder about the science behind it you know mm-hmm. as far as as far as you know what uh what sort of uh, um proven studies have been you know uh published that that indicate that that in fact is going to help with postpartum or or other things like that so um you know a lot of times you find these things out there and they they wind up just being you know urban legend or um you know or or even worse superstition and and sometimes they have you know no real benefit so i'd be interested in that but i don't know of anything biblically that that you know that would link that to somehow being cannibalistic or anything, uh, anything like that. If someone wanted to do that, and uh, uh, I'll have to go and uh, and and research it a little bit more because uh, now you, I'm fascinated. Now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: have a friend so, who swears by it, so I'm kind of curious. Yeah, what, um, yeah. Biblically,
0: so. Yeah. No. There. There. Unfortunately, there. There really isn't anything. And, and, and I guess what. So help me out. You know. You. You can. Um, let. Let's reverse roles here a little bit. What. What uh, have you come across uh, that. Uh, that has been arguments against it.
5: Um, I think mostly just the arguments against it is that it seems gross.
0: It seems um, gross. And- yeah. 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 yeah
5: and some women said it didn't help them, and other women have said it had, so
0: yeah you know yeah, and this is something that you're kind of looking at because are are you planning are are you are you pregnant having a child soon or or is this something just yeah you're... yeah pregnant so this is a practical uh something for you that you're thinking maybe this is something that I need to try and 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 so forth, okay, I got it yeah. Yeah. yeah well you know um i I would say my my best su- suggestion to you is is uh and you've probably already done this, but if you haven't, just pray about it you know um because uh, the bible can the bible tells us that if something is sin to you, then it's sin you know and, and mm-hmm. God has a god even though it, even something may not be a problem to somebody else, but you may have a conviction about it, and God may give you a conviction about it, and so my encouragement to you is, is just to go and pray about it i I don't see any any sort of uh you know biblical prohibition against it or in anything that you would be doing wrong if if uh, you you didn't feel that the lord was telling you not to do that but i would suggest that you just do that that you just go and 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 pray about it uh you know and 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 see what the lord's answer is and and if you have a peace and and you want to uh to do that then 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 certainly i think that you have the freedom to do that um okay. like like i said i would i would also not only that not just pray about it but i would do some and you probably have too, but I would do some research on it as as far as exactly what the science is on it, you know, and, and be, because it, it you could find that it's just something that is just kind of wishful thinking, you know?
5: Okay, yeah, definitely. Thank you very uh, all much right. for your you time.
0: Bet you, yeah, you bet, Mandy. God bless you.
5: God bless you.
0: Bye. Hey, folks. Thanks. Uh, Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. If you want to join me on Calvary Live, and let's go to Jeremiah in Denver. Jeremiah, welcome to the program. Hey brother, how you doing? I'm blessed. How you doing? I'm doing really well, thanks. Nice. What's on um, your mind? My
3: question is, what what did you? What would you say to someone who tells you that everybody has the ability to speak in tongues? Mm-hmm. Um, I attend this church. It's a really good church, but they tell you that you just need to practice and let it flow and just start going. And, you know, I was always raised thinking that it's, it's a gift from God and it'll just come to you. It's not something that you can practice.
0: Yeah. And, and I would agree with what you just said there, the latter part of what you just said there. And, and, um, the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians it, it talks about the gifts and of course the the gift of tongues is dealt with there not only there but it is dealt with there and and it is it is very clearly revealed to us as as a spiritual gift um for the benefit of the church and and Paul says in in verse beginning in verse 29 uh well actually verse 28 he says that that God has appointed these in the church apostles uh, first apostles second prophets third teachers after that miracles and gifts of healing helps administration's varieties of tongues and then he says this he says are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers are all workers of miracles do all have gifts of healings do all speak with tongues do all interpret mm-hmm. and and the implication that he that, that is in those questions is no the the, the answer to that question those questions that he asks, is no. And so to suggest perfectly in context, well, just practice speaking in tongues is like, well, I'm going to go out and practice uh, doing miracles. You know, no one would suggest, well, everybody is supposed to perform miracles, so let's just go out and practice performing miracles. Well, it's a gift. You, you know, some people have, have that gift, and, and, or, you know, I'm going to go out and start apostling. You know, and practice. You know, being an apostle. Well, in that context, he's talking about the office uh, of an apostle, and and someone was, some were called to it, and and some some weren't. And so, um, the point is, is that not everybody speaks with th- tongues, and and uh, not everybody has the ability to interpret. Not everybody's called to teach. Not everybody uh, is uh, is a prophet, and so forth. Um, but God puts people in the body with different gifts for the benefit of the body and and certainly the gift of tongues is a legitimate and and an important gift. Uh, The gift of interpreting tongues is is uh, is equally important uh, in in the context of the church Uh, but unfortunately sometimes people overemphasize the gift of tongues and the reason that they do is because it's the easiest one to fake right it's it's the easiest one to fabricate and to manufacture and i think that that's unfortunately why sometimes in in certain circles uh individuals do so because you know if 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 a miracle is performed, either it is or it isn't, and and if someone has the gift of teaching, they either obviously have it or or, or they don't, or the ability to heal and so forth. And so, um, unfortunately, I think that that's why, uh, and, and it can be sensational, the gift of tongues, and I think that's why people emphasize and, and want to insist that everybody should have the gift of tongues. Um, and by the way, the gift of tongues in, in, in the New Testament is not always what people are purporting it to be. Oftentimes in the book of Acts we see it's not speaking a nonsensical language. It's speaking a language that you've never learned. It's speaking a legitimate language that that you've never learned. There there can be a prayer language. Uh, we see that as well, and 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 I think that there can be you know other languages, but uh, uh, that are unknown to us, or spiritual languages, or the tongues of angels, as the Bible says. But there's also the tongues of men, and and there's those uh, those uh, languages that are are perfectly normal languages, and and uh, uh, that men just haven't learned, but they have the gift to speak those languages. And a lot of times it's it's gibberish. That people are practicing in the church. Okay? Yes, sir. Yeah, I hope that uh I hope that helps you out, Jeremiah. I've got to, uh I've gotta kind of start to making my way out here because we're gonna get cut off by a commercial. Well, not a commercial, but a break anyway. <laughs> okay? Hey, God bless you, my friend. Folks, if you want to join me on the air three zero three-six nine zero three thousand this is Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live, and we've got some calls waiting. We're going to get to you uh, right after this, and we'll be right back. Stick with us. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back. Jason vandeveer here with you on Calvary Live. I'm pastor at Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can get information about us at calvarychapelparker.com and encourage you to come on out and join us tonight, Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. as we continue in Deuteronomy 25 and 26. Going to be a great time tonight just worshiping the Lord, studying uh, His Word together. Hey, let's go back to the phone lines and uh, take some more calls. Let's go to uh, Carl uh, in uh, Colorado Springs, I believe. Carl, welcome to the program. Hello. You How you me? doing? Can you hear me, Carl? Yes, I can. Okay, great. I can hear you now. What's on your mind?
1: Um, I'm just finding myself kind of discouraged. Uh, okay, and I, I find myself not focusing on God and just follow, like following on oh, my own desires type thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's coming, it's coming at a price for me. I feel like down. Uh, I suffer from PTSD, mm-hmm. and uh, my anxiety level's spiking, and I also need surgery coming up, and that's just not helping. Mm-hmm. And financially, I'm just down in the dumps, and I'm trying to figure out a way to keep myself encouraged and not fall back into the ways that I know mm-hmm. before I was saved.
0: Yeah. Well, and and the best way to do that is to continue doing the right things that you've probably uh, been doing in the past and you've been taught to do and and they remain true and even when we're when we're discouraged you know that's when it becomes really uh one of the more important times to just stick to what god has called us to do in other words um the first thing is uh, when we get discouraged sometimes the temptation is to withdraw and um one of the worst things that you can do in that kind of position, in any kind of position, but particularly that kind of position, is is to withdraw yourself from fellowship. Um, you know, you you want to remain in the body and in that place of encouragement, uh, not only around other believers, but just being washed, as uh, as Ephesians tells us in the fifth chapter, in the washed in the water of the word, and and you know, so much is is dealt with in our lives, so much uh, not only uh, sin but discouragement and other things that we pick up in the world is is dealt with when we just come and are washed in the water of the word but then we're encouraged and 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 then we have an opportunity to praise God and instead of uh instead of uh you know focusing on the issues that we're having we get our hearts focused on worship and when we do that god has a way of uh simultaneously in the background working out the other circumstances so fellowship is is so important and then um not just being in the word in in um, uh when we're in fellowship but but being in in the word when we're not and 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 interestingly that's another thing that tends to go when when we're having a hard time you would think that would be the time that we would Get into the word more, but it it tends to sometimes cause us to to uh, forsake getting into getting into the word of God and just spending that time on our own uh, in His Word and in prayer. and And then the last thing I, I would share with you, uh, in addition to fellowship and being in, in the Word and in prayer, is is serving. and it, And it's really difficult, I've found in in my own life anyway. It's really difficult for me to remain or or to become more discouraged or to be discouraged at all uh, when i I take my eyes off of my situation and I start getting my eyes on other people I start praying for them I start uh, serving them I start doing what God has called me uh, to do and so uh, that's my encouragement to you if you're already doing those things keep doing them uh, if you're not doing those things my encouragement is is to uh, make a commitment to 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 uh, do those things and watch what God does, uh, as you, as you seek him, uh, and as you seek him specifically in those ways. Okay. And, and I, I like, you know, what I would encourage you though, as well, uh, I would encourage you you know you you mentioned PTSD and and I'd encourage you you know from from the 61st psalm there in the in the second verse it's a it's a psalm of another warrior king David and uh he he was somebody who who struggled as well at times he was someone who had great difficulty in his family and and in his relationships he he often had uh uh battles uh you know different kinds of battles but battles with enemies and he was often and on the run, he he often you know hit hit the bottom and lost everything, but I like what he says in the sixty first psalm, the second verse, he says, "From the end of the earth, I will cry to you, and then he says, "When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than i and uh and, and what a picture that is he he says when i'm overwhelmed when when you know I don't have the answers when I'm at my limit he he calls on God to to lead him to that rock that is that is above him that place of security that uh, that that place of of rejoicing uh, that place in in, in Christ uh, that is so far above uh, the issues that he's dealing with and really it's a neat picture there when you when you go to some of the places that David hit out like in Getty for example above the Dead Sea uh, you You see the animal known as the in your Bible as the coney, or the in the old King James, or in the new King James, it's the rock hyrax. And one thing the rock hyrax does is he he sits up on the rock that is higher than him, he's this little tiny kind of uh varmint animal, you know, this beaver like. Large rat basically is what they look like, and and he just sits up on this rock that is higher than him, and it's kind of a neat picture of that of God just just placing us up on that rock. And so I, I often think of that verse in the in the sixty first Psalm of you know when when uh, things just uh, start to come in. And I would encourage you to spend some time in the Psalms if if you're looking for a good place to read. I think that you'll find uh, a lot of uh, kinship uh, with David and with the other psalmists uh, and the things that they experienced and how close they may resemble your own feelings and your own emotions.
1: Okay, well thank you.
0: Yeah, you bet, and can I pray for you? Yes, please. Father, I just thank you for Carl, and I just pray that you'd be with him. I I uh, pray for this upcoming surgery that, uh, that he needs to have, Lord, that you would uh, just take care of that, that it would have the desired result. Uh, that you would use it to bring about healing, I pray that you'd give him a peace about it, Lord. If that's your will uh, to, for him to have this surgery, that you'd bless his doctors, and and I pray that you'd help him with it with this uh, with the PTSD, and I pray that you'd surround him with people that can understand uh, what he's experienced, and that can uh, be an encouragement to him, and that can pray for him, and 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 uh, can be a friend uh, to him, Lord. We know that as iron sharpens iron, so a man uh, strengthens the countenance of his brethren. And so I pray that you'd surround, uh, surround him with people to, to strengthen him and to encourage him. I pray that you'd bless him in his church and and bless him uh, in your word and bless him in those times of prayer and bless him uh, in fellowship and bless him as he serves you, Lord, and that you would just give him that peace uh, that passes all understanding. Lord, I just pray that you'd be with Carl in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, Carl. I appreciate uh, you calling in and uh, give us a call back. Uh, um you know, on the program here, if uh, if we're able to, to pray for you more or encourage you uh, going forward. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep, take care. Thank you, too. God bless. God bless you. Three zero three Let's go to Joanne in Inglewood, Colorado. Joanne, welcome to Calvary Life.
2: Well, thank you. Um, I just had a question. You were talking with the gentleman earlier about uh-huh. tongues, Yes, and I had always interpreted what had happened on Pentecost was mm-hmm. that uh, the people were blessed with um a foreign language that other people in the audience could understand. Mm-hmm. so I had always interpreted the gift of tongues to be uh, those people that are capable of learning and speaking and communicating a foreign language to people. As opposed to the type of uh language you hear in the Pentecostal churches, where then somebody supposedly uh interprets what the person just said, uh, yeah, because the day of Pentecost it said that everybody understood what was being said, and there was no need for interpretation
0: right, right, so what what you so that's one passage and and um if, I don't know if you're able to hear the, the, the entirety of the conversation with the, the previous caller. I think that that's one aspect of the gift of tongues. Um, I would disagree slightly in that um, I don't believe the gift of tongues is being able to speak a foreign language that you've learned, um, because then in, in chapter 12 it wouldn't speak of uh, needing someone uh, who could interpret. So in other words if you you have a foreign language that you've learned then obviously you're going to be able to explain the understanding of that of that foreign language as well and also there there is no sense in which that is a gift that's just something uh, that you've learned and and there's no sense in which that is a sign of the gift of the holy spirit if if you've learned it but for someone uh, as at the day of Pentecost to speak a language that they had not learned and that was what they marveled about they, they, they said how are we all hearing these people who very clearly shouldn't be able to speak our native tongue speaking in our tongue and, and so they recognized that it was a miracle of God so in that sense there didn't need to be an interpreter at Pentecost because there were people around who were understanding those things that were spoken by those early believers uh, which they likely did not understand Stand. But we also understand that in the Scripture that there, there is likely another aspect to the gift of tongues. Uh, there is tongues uh, in the operation of, uh, or in the, the activity of the local church, and, and we see that in chapter 12 uh, of First Corinthians, I was talking about with the previous caller. Um, but then also in chapter 13, he says something very interesting in verse one. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And so, um, what is, uh, likely when he speaks about tongues in, in a prayer context in particular, where there isn't necessarily a need for interpretation in that context, when Paul talks about, uh, praying in tongues, um that, that uh, there is quite likely uh, a language that is not the tongues of men, but is a, is a spiritual language, maybe akin to what you're describing in certain Pentecostal circles. Um, so I would suggest to you that, that um, yes, there, there may be a time when someone speaks a, another language they haven't learned and there's no need for an interpreter because there are people around who speak that language, uh, and I have uh, heard of instances of that. Uh, there are Times when someone may speak a language that uh, they haven't learned. Uh, Allah, First Corinthians, chapter twelve, and no one speaks that language, but that there needs to be someone with the gift of interpretation uh, who can interpret that uh, for the body. And then uh, there are times when when someone may speak in 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 the tongues uh, of angels, uh, and uh, that if there is no interpretation for that, the Bible makes it clear that that is not to be exercised. In the body, because there is no edification in that, uh, but that certainly there is a is uh, a a time in prayer. uh, The scripture indicates when when that gift may be used in that way. Does that uh, clear it up a little bit better? Yes, it does. It
2: does. Okay. Yeah. One last question. Sure. Where's your Where's your church located in Parker?
0: <laughs> we are right in the middle of downtown Parker. So we are at Parker Road and Main Street. Uh, we are, are. Are you familiar with Parker? Yes.
2: Yes.
0: So do you know where the library used to be? Yes. We're right. We're right where the library used to be before it moved. So we're Parker. We are on the uh, northwest. Uh, Side of the intersection of Parker Road and Main Street. So if you go up a little bit from the northwest corner, uh, there's a Taco Bell there, there's a bike shop there, the library used to be there. We're right in there, and so if you, okay. if yeah, if you head in there and you're going to be in the area, we'd love to love to have you join us, and uh, and I'd love to meet you.
2: Okay, very good. All I look right. forward to seeing you sometime.
0: God bless you, Joanne. Thanks for calling.
2: Thank you.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye. Hey folks, if you want to join me on the program like Joanne, Carl, Jeremiah, Mandy, so many others who have called today, you can do so, 303-690-3000, and uh, let's go to Maggie, Maggie in Thornton, Colorado. Maggie, welcome to the program. Hi. How are you?
6: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm doing really well. I appreciate you calling.
6: Oh, well, thanks for taking my call. It's a day about tongues. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, yes. What's uh, what, what, I, I I take it you you have something else you're interested in on the subject as well.
6: Um, I ha- well, just when I was listening to your answer to the first fella, mm-hmm. um, I I have always kind of understood tongues the same way that you described it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as when you speak it in public, it has to be interpreted, uh, sure. or it's bad. Um, And that some people would have the gift of tongues, and some people wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, But I listen to Grace FM, like, all the time. Good. And just this week, Skip Heitzig said that he believes that the gift of tongues as a prayer language, because it edifies the prayer, Mm -hmm. um, he believes that that is for every Christian. And... I don't mean to be divisive, but <laughs> I just I, – I've been kind of mulling that over in my head this week because of how I understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: – Yeah, no, and, and, and I can understand, and, and I think that that's a unique um – Kind of insight on that, uh, you know. Paul talks about, uh, you know, I wish uh, that you all uh, spoke in tongues, and uh, and we see tongues as I mentioned uh, to Joanne uh, in the context of prayer as well. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as to say that um, that that the gift of tongues as a prayer language uh, is something that is for all believers. Um, I can understand the desire of of Skip in saying that. Um, I just don't have a, a passage of Scripture that indicates that. Um mm-hmm. so so um I'd have to do a little bit more research and maybe listen to uh the message um because one thing I have also found about Skip Heitzig is is that um he doesn't usually just say things. Um he's a very good teacher and so usually mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. usually he has a reason why he, he said it and so I would be interested in in um a little bit more of you know the context of, of what led him to to that conclusion. But but um while we it kind of makes a, some sense in one respect that that the gift of tongues in in the body is as I mentioned oftentimes a, a language that an individual hasn't learned um, and that's mm-hmm. very clearly a gift and as you pointed out um, you know they're rec- first uh, corinthians 12 requires that there be interpretation in the body um but if you're mm-hmm. talking about something that is the 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 tongues of angels as i just pointed out in first corinthians mm-hmm. 13 if it's a mm-hmm. if it's a spiritual language um that that does uh enhance uh, an individual's prayer life and certainly uh it it has that effect as we see it in scripture uh, then i think that 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 you're not necessarily going way out of the limb by suggesting that it's something that could benefit all believers
6: right right yeah, yeah.
0: when did you uh when was this a recent message that you heard?
6: yeah, it was just this week
0: okay yep. great I'll have to go and and uh off to go and see if I can listen to that because uh, yeah. uh I'd be very very interested in that uh in that message
6: yeah well, I have a gift I have that gift, but I've never and I use it as in you know hmm only by myself (laughs) yeah in my in my prayer time or you know when i'm driving and stuff so
0: (laughs) yeah i think
6: it's 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 incredibly beneficial because it's like i'll be praying in the spirit and then um it feels like the holy spirit is prompting me to then pray for something Mm -hmm. um, specific and then Mm -hmm. so as you're as
0: you're praying in a tongue and then you see greater outpouring of the spirit of god as to specific things that god is calling you to pray.
6: Exactly. Yeah,
0: and 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 that's a that's a great thing because obviously one of the most important things when we pray is is knowing what to pray for and knowing mm-hmm. how to pray and that's obviously one of the areas that so many of us struggle in sometimes is you know and and where the spirit sometimes has to intercede uh, on our behalf and make intercession uh for us mm-hmm. fortunately we have the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to do that even when we don't know how to pray or what to pray uh, but it certainly is nice to know what to to pray and have God to put that on your heart and 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 certainly that is it whether it is for every individual, or whether it's uh, uh, like the other aspect of the gift of tongues, it's, it's something that God gives to a few individuals. Um you know uh, 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 it 's a very helpful thing i I can kind of as we 're talking think about you know why Skip Heitzig perhaps might have said that and and as I think about it, you know one is obviously a very public gift, and the other one is is obviously a very private gift and when we think about God as being no respecter of persons and mm-hmm. and being willing to to give many of the same kinds of advantages, particularly in something like prayer to one individual mm-hmm. as as to another and and um and and i always tell individuals look if if you have a desire uh for for something ask you know mm-hmm. ask god mm-hmm. if you, if you have a desire to pray in a greater way and and uh and and you feel uh, as though uh, you know a prayer language uh tongue uh would do that and indeed scripturally it indicates that it would then then pray and ask and uh, right, and right. and 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 God is good, and oftentimes you know it's it's what the Lord wants, and and the Lord will uh, will grant that request. Right.
6: Yeah, that's good. All righty. All right. All right. Cool. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, you bet. God bless you, Maggie. You too. Take care. Have a great afternoon. Bye bye. Hey, folks. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We've got time for a few more calls. Let's go to Raymond in Denver. Raymond, welcome to the program.
3: Hi, Pastor, how are
0: you? I'm doing well. Thanks for waiting so patiently.
3: No problem, no problem. My question's pretty serious. Okay. Um, you know, I've I've, I've uh, been, been locked up before, and uh, I came to my rock bottom, and I just prayed that God would take my last breath, because I've always believed in God. Um, growing up, we were raised Catholic, so we were always taught to believe in God, and and believe that Jesus was his son and stuff like that. But then, when as I got older and I started seeing how people in the Catholic religion were doing things that were against God and people of the cloth, nonetheless, and how mm-hmm. they would just kind of sweep it under the carpet and move, you know, pastors from here to there, priests, sure. whatever they call themselves, and they mm-hmm. would just move them from one location to another, and then they would just reoffend and do the same things over and over and. And so it kind of pushed me away from reading the Bible and, and stuff like that. And then when I was locked up, like I said, I got uh, to a point where I just I just didn't want to go on anymore. I didn't want to live the way I was living, and I didn't know any other way to live. And I just felt really like I just was dead inside, and I told God, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to wake up and be this person ever again. Mm-hmm. Well, fortunately, I did wake up. But I didn't wake up with that angst in my heart. I didn't wake up with the anger and frustration and the feeling of being lost. So I felt like in that moment, because I prayed for Jesus to come into my heart and into my life, and I felt that, you know, He did in that moment, that I was blessed with the gift of the Holy Spirit to, to lead me. And, and I got really deep into the religion. Not religion, I shouldn't say, into a relationship, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'd been out out of prison now for a couple of years and my life isn't like I thought it was gonna be from the way it was inside to out here because, you know I don't know, there's just so much corruption and and, and uh stuff going on in the world and it just it just sucks you in if you ain't careful and mm-hmm. you know, I just I just feel like I'm scared of losing my salvation because I'm not living the way the bible teaches us to live and i'm curious as is that possible is it possible for somebody to lose their salvation
0: well what what we see in scripture is in this regard is 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 fascinating um in john chapter uh, 10 um verses 28 and 29 jesus speaks of eternal life he well back up a little bit uh, he says uh, in verse 27, he says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. And he says, And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. So what Jesus describes is is, um, is a true believer and a true believer is is secure in Jesus Christ um, not only because of Jesus, but also because of the power uh, of the Father to keep them and so that 's what we as believers hang on to and 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 I mentioned to you an earlier caller that that you know. Uh, uh, for a true believer, yes, we're not perfect, um, but we don't live in daily peril uh, spiritually. In other words, you know, we are not constantly concerned uh, that we're going to make one mistake and lose our salvation because our salvation is not dependent upon what we do. Uh, our salvation is, is by grace through faith, as a, a Ephesians uh, uh, 2, uh, 8 and 9 tell us. And so uh, it's something, it's a gift that we've received, and it's not something that we've earned, And so if we haven't earned it, we can't lose it. Uh, But there are some people who have never received it. And, you know, they're they're make-believers, if you will. In Matthew 25, Jesus talks about them, and there are those that come to him and say, Lord, Lord, did we not, you know, cast out demons in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? You know, so on and so on. And Jesus says, depart from me. Um, I never knew you. And so that's the key is is that is, is that we have a true relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh he says my sheep back to John hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And so if, if you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you've heard his voice, he knows you and you're following him. He's given you eternal life and uh you're going to endure in that. You may you may make mistakes, you may sin. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, if we confess our sins, as John says in his first epistle in chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, but we don't have to worry about losing our salvation. So it's, it's taking the right passage of Scripture. For a, a true believer, it's encouraging them in 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 the security that they have in christ for the make-believer it's pulling the rug out in uh, from under them and saying look you know if if you're messing around with god and and you think that you can go off and just kind of do whatever you want and that because you you know you went to church or you know you said some prayer that you're saved there's more to it than that you know there's a reality that needs to exist in your heart and and as i talk to you uh i'm sensing that that uh raymond that that, that the reality exists in your heart, that you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Am I right? Did I lose you, Ray? I think we might have lost Raymond. So hopefully Raymond can hear, but uh, um, just to wrap that up there then for for Raymond and anybody else that that's listening... Um, I don't believe that, that a true believer is going to lose their salvation. We see, in fact, that, that true faith uh, persists to the end. It endures to the end. And uh, my prayer uh, is, is that uh, Raymond is a true believer, that Raymond's faith will endure, and that any doubts that the enemy uh, may be sowing in his life uh, will be removed. Father, we just lift up Raymond to you now. I just pray that you just bless him. Uh, I thank you, Lord, that you've uh, delivered him from his former life. Uh, Lord I thank you that you've saved him Lord that you are working and I just pray that that work that you have begun in him uh, you would complete until the day of Christ Jesus Lord just give him a peace and an encouragement and a strength Lord if he has sinned Lord uh, just reveal that to him and cause him to come before you and to confess it to you and uh, we know Lord that you promised to forgive him and just continue to keep him on the right track and encourage him and don't let the, the enemy in any way steal or 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 rob uh from him. Lord, I just pray that you would just be with him and 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 bless him in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Well, folks, uh we're going to have to probably wrap up here shortly. It looks like our, our time is winding down. My apologies if we uh, didn't get to your calls or or even uh, some of the text questions as well today, but uh, appreciate all of you guys uh, listening in to Calvary Live. Of course, Calvary Live will be back again tomorrow and and uh, Friday as well and appreciate everybody listening on Grace FM in Colorado and Wyoming and as I mentioned earlier uh, all of you listening and thanks to those of you on the East Coast who called in listening on Hope FM in uh, Maryland, New Jersey and uh, Pennsylvania as well this is Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live join me tonight uh, at Calvary Chapel Parker 7 o'clock we'll see you then and uh, continuing in Deuteronomy God bless you guys and good night